Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the Work With Me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Ran Nussbacher, co-founder and CEO of Shook, a plant-based fast casual restaurant in Washington, D.C. that features healthy Israeli-inspired food. Prior to founding Shook, Ran served as vice president of sales with Opower, a clean tech software company focused on eliminating energy waste and reducing CO2 emissions. Welcome to the show, Ran. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to find out more about what you do. So uh, my, my main question, my first question that I always ask people on the show is, what are your drivers for doing what you do? Uh, what's your why behind Shook? Short. Uh, the, the, the short answer is, is pain. Um, you know, when, when I see what's happening in the world as far as animal abuse and animal consumption, uh, either be it for food or, or any other consumer products that we use, um, I, I feel great pain. And that's pain I've been feeling for many years now as I, as I changed my own life from being that of a, you know, quote unquote, normal person, omnivore to, um, you know, vegetarian and then vegan. And as I, as the more I did it, the more I learned about what degree of uh, reliance and abuse we have when it comes to animals and um, and it's that pain and desire to do something about it that that drove me to leave my previous career behind and and I really apply all my energy time and money towards helping to solve this problem um, and and specifically you mentioned opower you know opower was um, was a great catalyst in, on that journey because at opower we we motivated individual people individual households to to take very small actions when it came to reducing the energy consumption so we were convincing people to turn off the lights when they left the room for example which in and of itself on an individual family level is meaningless but when you aggregate that over millions of people uh, you're able to make a big difference environmentally Um, so it's that learning that i took forward with me and i said you know what can i do to drive small daily seemingly meaningless actions that you know if i were able to do it a million times over uh would have a, a big effect on an animal welfare and on, on planetary welfare and, and human health as well and that's really how i got into the 
uh, world of vegan business and into the restaurant business. Wow. So what challenges did you face? Because coming from working for a, a tech software company to going into the hospitality and restaurant trade, that's quite a big shift. So tell us a little bit about some of your key challenges when you first started out. Oh, man. Um, going from high tech to low tech. Food to be, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe surprisingly immeasurably more complex. I mean, the, the, the food service business is the most complex business environment I've ever encountered. Um, and just the number of moving parts is unbelievable. And that therein lies the challenge, of, of course, for somebody who spent um, many, many years in the software world, um, the dynamics of, um, of a business to consumer, you know, physical experiential business are, are very different. I mean, I think the, the, the interesting news and maybe the good news is that the challenges that I faced are normal restaurant challenges that they have nothing to do with the fact that we are a plant-based concept. And I think that's good news because at the end of the day, it means that we are on level playing field with everybody else. Um, we don't, you know, we're not facing any headwinds that are unique to the fact that we are serving food, but your normal daily challenges of, of uh, a restaurant tour, especially one that, you know, has zero experience in the field, <laughs> anywhere from, you know, the regulatory and, and legal aspects of, of breathing a restaurant concept to life, um, you know, physically building it, um, and then dealing with matters of staffing and, and food safety and, and customer feedback um, and suppliers and perishable inputs, all those things that you might imagine any restaurant is dealing with, you know, we, yeah. we have as well. For sure. So how did you handle this? Because you've not just got, I think you've got more than one location. So, you know, like mm -hmm. running one single restaurant or eatery is, is quite challenging in and of itself, but you, you've obviously, you've expanded. So how would you say, how did you manage to handle that and to be able to expand and grow? Um, through brute force. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no, there is no shortcut. You, you have to throw yourself into the weeds of the work. You have to do the work yourself so you understand it, um, so you learn it. And only then are you able to, I think, um, you know, direct and guide and hire the right people to, to help you with it. So, you know, in the beginning, it was, you know, 16 hours days. Um, that's all we did, just, just doing the job and, and learning through doing, uh, not through any other means. Um, and, uh, and as, as things took off and, and customer response was amazing, we were able to do more and um, able to, to grow the team to, to such a place where it became possible to expand. But um, it still is a very, uh, very involved uh, business day to day. Right. So you were involved, as you say, as the founder, you just didn't, because some people like they come from a non-hospitality background and straight away, they just hire people to do that kind of part of it. And they don't work in the day to day. But what you're saying is it worked for you to be actually involved in that day to day, certainly in the beginning. I, I, I personally don't feel that there is another path. And I think that people who, who attempt to choose the, the more hands off path um, rarely succeed. Um, because at the end of the day, nobody understands and loves your business as much as you do. And especially when, um, when the business is, uh, about more than just making money, uh, but has, has a, has a mission, has an agenda, uh, and a commitment to a certain, uh, lifestyle and, and certainly a certain quality of product. Um, you, you really have to lead by example. You have to do it yourself. And, and if you are to be a good um, operator, a good CEO, um, a good leader, 
you have to know your business and there's no other way to know your business than, than doing it for your hands. Yeah, no, it's a very, very good point. So tell us about the impact of COVID-19 on your business. At the time of this interview, uh, we're in August um, 2020. So we've had lockdown. We've come out a bit of lockdown in various countries. We've gone in back in some places, have gone into partial. So tell us a little bit about what's been the impact um, of the pandemic on your business. Sure. Um, the impact has been very positive. <laughs> frankly, oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> Tell it's me not, more. It's, it, may, it may not be a popular thing to say, but uh, it has been a very good period for us. Um, and uh, I attribute that to three things primarily. First of all, we are, we are fast casual, which means that we are well-practiced um, and have the infrastructure in place to handle um, delivery and takeout and generally what we call off-premise dining in the business. So it's, it's something that has been uh, always a big part of our business. And we have early on invested in the technical capabilities to do it very efficiently. So all those earlier investments um, really paid off as we, as we entered the shelter at home period of COVID-19. Um, so, so that was certainly an asset for us. Um, uh, the second is that we, uh, we were very quick on our feet um, and uh we're able to come up with programs and ways to still service our customers. So the, the main thing we've done is something that we call the hood drop program. And the hood drop program is really a way for us to serve our fan base and our customer base that is sheltered at home um, far away enough from us that traditional delivery uh, services don't, don't get to them. And what we do is we've identified 20 some key neighborhoods um, and primarily in the suburbs of Washington DC so we're talking about you know about you know 5 10 sometimes 15 miles away from where we are and uh, we put them on a schedule and we've built a a system or virtual locations virtual stores if you will on our app such that uh, any one person can go on the app find their neighborhood and so to speak order takeout right to their neighborhood and on a particular day at a particular location particular time we show up with their order oh. um, and that has been uh, you know i think of it as a partnership between us and our customers but that has been amazing for for them and for us as we continue to serve them so when you say you show up so does that mean what you yeah. like hire a van and like drive up and then yeah. physically hand them their meals so they pre-order their meals on the app and mm -hmm. for a particular day and then you drive up and you have people, I don't know, arriving and queuing up and then you hand them their meal. Is that how that works? That's exactly right. It's almost wow. like getting takeout, uh, but instead of coming to downtown DC, you go to the local community center or the, or the neighborhood pool. And at six o'clock, our driver and van show up um, with the order that you pre-ordered. Um, people uh, line up, socially distance. Yeah. And you know, within 10 minutes or so, we hand out uh, 40 orders, 40 families. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a, you know, customers appreciate the service because uh, we are the only ones who are bringing uh, plant-based, um, you know, our, our brand of particular food, um, which is also certified kosher. Uh, we have a lot of customers who are looking for that. So we provide what they consider to, have to be a crucial service. And for us, obviously, it's a way to 
um, kind of almost bypass the limitations of COVID-19 and still and still serve our customers. And um, have, you, have you still been able to keep that? Because obviously factoring in now a van driver, you know, the cost of the van, the van driver, the, the gas or the petrol, um, has it still been able to be a profitable enterprise for you to do that? It has been. It has been. Um, you know, we do, we do charge a small fee for the service. So everybody, every order has a, a few dollars tacked onto it and, yeah. and together in aggregate, um, you know, it, it's enough to pay for, to, to, to pay well for a driver uh, to spend their time doing it um, because we are doing, you know, 20, 30, 40 orders at a time. Um, it works out very well. I gotcha. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Very innovative. What else? I believe you've also been doing meal kits or you've been planning to do meal kits and a frozen version of your Shook Burger. Um, we launched a pantry section of our menu where you can buy provisions or so anywhere from sauces and dips and different pickled items that we make, um, seasonings and spices. So, uh, people have been, um, in their orders and, you know, kind of alongside getting a, a ready to eat meal are adding a lot of those items for, for later to, um, to use in their own kitchens. And then, and then, yes, uh, it's not official news yet, but we are working um, and getting ready to launch a, um, a version of our Shook Burger, which has been our, our claim to fame. Um, so burger patties that people can you know, grill at home or, or use in their kitchens. Wonderful. Wow. I love the way you've really kind of um, done a, a strong, I guess it's the buzzword of the century, uh, uh, pivot um, in, in some really, you know, you haven't just kind of stood still and, you know, you've really kind of, being creative in in um, keeping your business open because I guess because a lot of you know restaurants and and eateries ha- had to shut down which was quite quite difficult so brilliant well, thank you for sharing that I think that's um, that's fantastic um, in terms of your main customers and demographic I know you just touched on that you said a lot of people want to buy the kosher um, are the majority of your customers vegan or vegetarian or are they mainly people who just like Israeli food and don't mind that it happens to be plant based I know that might be just anecdotal, but what's your kind of general feel about that in terms of your customers? Yeah, not at all. I would I would say that the vegetarians and vegans represent um, a very small minority. Really? Wow. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I love I love hearing that actually, because <laughs> even though yeah, I'm vegan and I, I love having good vegan food, but I, I love to hear that because it really shows that, you know, more which is what you want. You know, the vegans will always find a good vegan business, I think, whereas you know, we want the the rest of the population to. Yeah, I think that's. I think this is an important point. Um, you know, when I set out to do this, the objective was to uh, to promote and advance plant-based dining and to make it more mainstream. The impact can only be had if we're able to feed plant-based meals to people who are not already oriented that way. I mean, it's wonderful to offer options to our vegan friends, but we're really not moving the needle by doing that. So the whole concept of Shook from the ground up the, the branding, the menu philosophy, everything about the concept has been designed specifically to remove and elimin- eliminate the barriers that often omnivores feel when they when they look at the vegan restaurants and, and make kind of a, make it a non-issue. So we don't use the word vegan. Our menu looks nothing like what 95% of vegan restaurants serve. <laughs> I mean, we, we specifically do not rely and use any processed analogs or anything like that you know stuff that has come to be associated with veganized versions of of regular food we don't do any of that we offer a unique product a unique flavor profile um, wrapped up in the brand 
that has an ethnic personality, that has a personality that is completely outside of the world of veganism. And, and by doing that, we're able to attract everybody, and we are. I, I noticed you touched on one of my questions was going to be around the use of the word vegan in your marketing yeah. materials or your promotion. So you said you don't use the word vegan at all. Do we you do use plant-based? And, and, and that's particularly because, tell us why. Um, we initially have not used either. Um, we completely remain silent on the, on the topic of plant-based and vegan because it wasn't about that. It was yeah. about amazing food, uh, a unique offering, a differentiated offering, uh, one that was ethnically inspired and exotic and interesting. And really that was all that mattered. And, you know, if you were vegan, then you cared about the fact that the food was vegan. But if you were not, it was irrelevant. Um, but what I, didn't you, did you not have people coming up though? They were like, but where's the meat? Like you didn't have people ask that? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, um, for sure. And we, we tell them there isn't any. And, yeah. and we, we, we hand them a sample. Um, and that's all it took. Okay, nice. That's nice. all it took. Um, and, and there were, but we, we, ne- we also never corrected people. I mean, people would come in and, and order the shook burger, and you could tell that they assumed it was a meat burger. Uh-huh. We didn't go out of our way to tell them it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> nice. um, and, they, and they loved it. And they loved it. Um, um, so, you know, we're not about those labels because those labels are limiting and they are barriers. Um, I, will, I will say that in the four years since we started, um, certainly the attitudes around plant-based have changed dramatically. And, and yeah. so, you know, recently we are, um, we are starting to use the, the term plant-based a little bit more. Um, but still, you know, it, that is not the main thing that we ident- go, go by or identify ourselves by. Great. No, I love hearing those different strategies because it, it is different for every business. So, uh, you know, there's no wrong or right answer. But I, I love that. And I, I like the fact that, you know, sometimes, yeah, you just don't mention it, you know, unless somebody actually asks. So it's um, a very cool little stealth strategy. I like it. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how the business has been funded to date, whatever you're comfortable sharing? Um, you know, do you have investors? Have you self-funded? Has it been organic? How has it been funded today? Sure, sure. Uh, coming from the, the software startup world, um, we've modeled our funding more so on, on the likes of software companies than restaurants. So we, we follow kind of a, a traditional tech model of equity ownership um, in, uh, in, in the holding company as a whole. So we have, we have investors, um, you know, we, my, my partner and myself are are also among those investors. So we're right there with them. Um, and, um, and that's it. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty straight up equity model. Cool. Were you able to get investors right from the beginning then? Did you start with that or did you bring on investors further down the track? We started with investors from the get-go. Um, for so the they reasons. bought into the vision. So they bought into your vision. Exactly. Oh, okay, gotcha. and, that, and that was the main reason why. Right. Cool. Got it. Got it. Because I know because sometimes with, you know, particularly with restaurants, it can be quite tricky, I think, for for like a single restaurant to get investors because often, particularly nowadays, they want, you know, companies that are going to scale or, you know, that have already been running for a while and, and have been turning a profit. So I just find it interesting that you you've got investors right from the get go. Yeah, I think I think part of the reason is that we never really told a, a classic restaurant story. Um, you know, the, our, our mission is not to be a restaurant company. Our mission is to make plant-based food mainstream and to change how we eat. So we view ourselves as a as a as a food company, not as a restaurant company. The restaurant uh, may be how we started, uh, or kind of the first the first um, you know business line or leg of the stool of the company, but is not it's not the whole vision or the whole story. 
Got it. Nice. I like that. That's a nice differentiation. Fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about what, um, what current marketing strategies do you use and what have you found most to effective? Sure. Uh, there's nothing more effective in our world than word of mouth. So anything that we can do to, um, to fuel that momentum uh, is the best. So um, frankly, the, you know, recently the most effective marketing tool we've had, if you believe it or not, is actually the, the Hoodrop program because, um, you know, through it, we've got exposure to, um, I would say about 90% net new customers that have not known us before. Because if you were, if you were a Shook fan, who lived in neighborhood X and, and now we announced that we're coming to the neighborhood, you're getting all your neighbors and friends that has, have never heard of us before to, to partake. Ah, oh, um, I see. And that, oh. and that has been, you know, so it's kind of served, you know, more an immediate need to, to connect with customers, but also as an amazing um, grassroots marketing effort. Um, so before the hood drop, how were you getting people to actually come in? Um, we've had kind of our, our, our general share of uh i would say we use social media in in a similar fashion to to our peers um you know we're not unique in that but we we do have a very heavy social media presence um we uh, have had more than a share of press um, and awards and um, have been have been featured locally um in in food blogs and nationally in the washington post uh, many times as as well as on national tv and the food network so um, a lot of press, certainly for as young a business as ours, um, plays a big role in, in bringing it customers does indeed. Yes, That's yeah, something so very been... close to my heart. It's what I always yeah. uh, teach vegan business owners and entrepreneurs: is you know, get some media coverage. So, I guess on that or related to that, there's obviously yeah. I'm curious about um, how and why or why you think you got that media coverage because there's obviously more and more plant-based eateries now. There's more frozen foods, etc., on the market than ever before. So, how do you, how does Shook go? about standing out um, from, I guess, quote, I put competition in air quotes because obviously, you know, if it's in other vegan businesses, it's collaboration. But I'm just curious how you actually stand out. Is it the fact that at the moment you're still like either one of or the only uh, plant-based um, Israeli-inspired eateries or something else? I think the answer is banal, actually. I, th I, think, I think it's the product. Uh, the product is is differentiated, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, what our, our philosophy when it comes to food is that the plant world is so vast and amazing that you don't need crutches. And if you know how to thoughtfully put vegetables together, um, you can create amazing flavors that um, would satisfy anybody. And, and, and certainly we also do it in a very creative, sometimes whimsical way. Um, so it is the quality of our food and our food philosophy um, that, that, that stands out. That's what's interesting to people. That's what's interesting to food writers and critics. That's what's interesting to, you know, TV journalists. Um, you, have, you have a lot of options out there for, you know, getting a Beyond Meat Burger in a bun with tomato and lettuce, um, you know, and, and it may be good, but um, there's a lot of people who do it. Um, and as you know, and we we take a very very differentiated approach um, by making everything from scratch, by refocusing not only on being plant based but also on on being healthy, and celebrating the plant world and and doing it with our unique little spin that is yes ethnically inspired but it's really it's really kind of our color palette right you know uh, yeah. the painting that we, that we create is very different and interesting um, so I think I think at the end of the day it's it's 
again, it's banal, but the product is the product speaks for itself. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that. Now you've moved from working for a company, you know, software tech company, to running your own business. So, what, in your opinion, are the key things that for anyone listening who might be, you know, wanting to start their own business in, in whatever they want, might want to do? What are the key things they need to take into account before making that leap from employment to running your own business? Um, I would say three things. First of all, the, the back to your first question, the why has to be there and it has to be very strong. Um, there has to be a, a fire burning, um, a great desire, a great pain, um, because it's going to be really, really hard and trying. And uh, I think the universe will constantly test your resolve and ask, hey, are you sure you really want this? And you have to have a very good reason as to, as to why. Um, so... I think a lot of people are enamored with the idea of working for themselves uh, or, or starting a business and striking rich. That's not, that's not going to work. Yeah, working fewer uh, hours and earning more money. Not really the case initially, is it? No, quite, quite, quite the opposite. The opposite, yeah. Um, or, or ever, or ever, frankly. Um, so I, I, think, I think that has to be a very strong why. And I, I would even say um, only go into business for yourself if you cannot imagine doing anything else if really there's there's no other there is no other alternative if 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 you have an alternative if you can imagine yourself remaining employed somewhere stay there um so that's that's number one number two um at the end of the day the the vegan label the you know the, the the agenda doesn't matter at the end of the day whatever business we we choose to go into is the business we're going to be in so we're in the restaurant business you know, I'm not CEO of a vegan restaurant. I'm a CEO of a restaurant and I am dealing day in out with the challenges of running a restaurant. So you need to, you need to remember that at the end of the day, you're running a business in a particular industry and you need to be ready and, um, and interested in the activities that you'll, you know, you will spend every day doing and in the challenges that that environment provides. Uh, because which may involve you getting out of your comfort zone which I think a lot of people sometimes people some people really take to that and they love it they love the uncertainty and other people it freaks them out the chaos yeah but if you if you're going into food service then you are in food service if you're going into fashion you are fashion the fact that you're doing so in a plant-based or or you know harmless manner is is great but that tends to be almost you know adjacent to the fact that day in and day out you're dealing with the challenges of that particular type of business yeah and you need to like that um and um and the third thing number three is um you know leave yourself an out i mean make sure that you can you can ride (laughs) ride the roller coaster in the journey that you have financial means to to do it without uh, getting yourself into trouble um, and, and to have a plan B in, in case you change your mind or things don't work out. That's okay. Yeah. Nice. That's brilliant. Now you touched on, just to, to wrap up, you touched on the fact that at the moment Shook is a restaurant, but you're going to be launching uh, a burger and you're, uh, you've mm-hmm. potentially got some other things and you're a food company. So tell us a little bit, um, what do you, what's your long-term vision for yourself and, and the brand? You know, our, our mission is, is really to, uh, to bring our unique DNA to helping, make plant-based food more you know, normal and mainstream uh, in the most scalable way possible. So, you know, we're looking, we're looking at all avenues, um, you know, the, the restaurant category we've chosen to go into, which is the fast casual. We've chosen that over other models because it is um, more scalable and, and accessible, both in terms of uh, physical reach and, and price point. So we've chosen that for a very particular reason, you know, the, the addition now of, 
of pantry and provisions and, and the burger are a way to take our creations and, and make them available in a way that, is, that goes beyond the, the physical limitations of, of a restaurant. So, you know, we'll continue to explore all avenues where, where we can add value and, uh, and, and make plant-based food accessible to people and exciting. Brilliant. And just finally, where can we find you online or where can we find Shook online? Sure. Um, our website is at www.shouk.com and you can find us all over social media uh, with hashtag uh, ShookFood, uh, one word, ShookFood. Wonderful. And we'll put links to that in the show notes. Um, it's been wonderful speaking with you, Ran. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your expertise. And uh, I love your, your concept and the fact that you're yeah doing a restaurant without the use of meat analogs. You know, it's doing something different, um, which I think is great. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more of your growth. But thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me in the show and for uh, letting me tell our story. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 